no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. You believe that America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. We're soldiers, but we're American soldiers. We've been kicking ass for 200 years. And those of you who are familiar with it know that in America, democracy is hypocrisy. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. You're listening to the Abolitionists Roundtable with your hosts, Phil Stargell and Bruce Flurry. They're leading the charge in advancing the conservative revolution. Join the conversation at 734-822-1600. And now, your all-American hosts, Phil Stargell and Bruce Flurry. And good morning, everyone. Bruce Flurry and Ron Edwards here with you on a very special edition of the Art of Michigan broadcast. Our number here, as always, is 734-822-1600. And this is the 20th anniversary of the terror attacks on the World Trade Center in New York City, the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and in uh, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, or rather Stoystown, Pennsylvania. It also happens to be the first day of Patriot Week, and we have a very special guest, Oakland County Circuit Judge Michael D. Warren, who with his daughter, Amalia, conceived Patriot Week, which runs now through Constitution Day, September 17th. Judge Warren will be joining us during the second half of the broadcast to give us his thoughts on this solemn anniversary as well, and that's the focus of today's broadcast. Where were you on September 11, 2001? What were you doing, and how has it affected you between then and now? Derek, our, Derek Stone, our crack producer and call screener, We'll throw the phone lines open from now until 10 o'clock to take your calls, and we expect quite a few responses. So we do ask you to limit your thoughts to around three minutes in order to let other folks have their say. But before we begin, uh, I'd like to share with you a few of my thoughts and the commentary that I wrote on the 10th anniversary of September 11th. Uh, Ten years ago, on September 11th, 2001, I wrote a commentary for the American Ideological Society commemorating the 10th anniversary of the devastating terror attacks on the World Trade Center in New York, the Pentagon, and the intended attack on the U.S. Capitol, the latter of which, thank God, did not occur because of the brave, selfless actions of more than three dozen passengers and crew members aboard one of the four airliners hijacked that morning by devout Muslim terrorists. That flight, United Airlines 93, which crashed into the earth in a rural field in Pennsylvania, along with the 40 passengers and crew members who fought back that day, is now long gone, with a memorial honoring these true patriots later in memory of that fateful morning. Yet, as we observe today, the 20th anniversary of September 11th, the actions of the people on board who gave their lives in defense of our republic and our way of life will never be forgotten. So what you're about to hear now, 10 years after it was originally written, is my tribute to the heroes of United Airlines Flight 93. Stoyerstown, Pennsylvania is a small farming community located along U.S. Route 30, a few miles east of Somerset in the southwestern part of the state. A village of a few hundred residents, Stoystown would seem an unlikely site of one of the greatest acts of courage and heroism in American history. Yet, that is exactly what took place with a group of 40 of our fellow American citizens fully aware that our nation was under an attack which would claim the lives of 2,943 other Americans fought back and gave their lives in defense of the Republic. In the process, Stoystown assumed its place along Antietam and Gettysburg as the scene of one of the greatest battles ever fought on, or in this case, above American soil. Not in terms of the number of lives that were lost that day, but for what it meant in terms of freedom, right, and liberty in this country. On Tuesday, September 11th, 2001, 19 practitioners of the religion of peace boarded and commandeered four airliners, American Airlines Flight 77 and 175, 
And United Airlines Flight 11 and 93 and turned them into weapons of mass destruction, ramming two planes, Flight 11 and 175, into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York and one, Flight 77, into the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. Now, the terrorists who hijacked Flight 93 and were later identified as Zia Jara, Ahmed al-Nami, Saeed al-Ghamdi, and Ahmed al-Haznami, turned the plane from its original Newark to San Francisco course and head back eastward and made straight for the nation's capital, with the target believed to be the U.S. Capitol building itself. And they'd have made it too, Ron, except for the fact that passengers, now fully aware of what was going on, decided that they wouldn't go down without a fight. They were going to resist their attackers with any and every means at their disposal, even if it meant that they were going to lose their own lives in the process. They devised a plan to charge the cockpit, where only minutes before, two of the four hijackers had seized control of the aircraft after murdering every member of the flight crew and locking themselves inside. Ignoring threats by the two muscle hijackers who stood guard outside the cockpit door that one of them had a bomb on board, Jeremy Glick, Thomas Burnett, Todd Beamer, and other passengers used everything and anything that they could find to rush the guards, force their way past their attackers, and retake control of the doomed aircraft. Using boiling water and blind to blind the guards and their bare hands to subdue them, Glick, Burnett, Beamer, and the others broke down and burst through the locked cockpit door and attempted to overwhelm the terrorists who were well on their way to delivering their deadly payload directly into the very seat of our government itself. But, sadly, these courageous individuals were unable to wrest the Boeing 727-222 from the hijackers' grasp. Alas, the plane was now firmly under terrorist control, and in the ensuing melee, they, allowed, they managed to throw off their attackers and deny them control through a series of maneuvers that caused the nose of the aircraft to pitch wildly, pitch wildly up and down before Jara issued the fateful order, punctuated by the blood-curdling scream, Allahu Akbar, to plunge United, to plunge United 93, loaded with more than 20,000 gallons of aviation fuel, into the earth at more than 580 miles per hour. The cockpit voice recorder bears stark testimony to the bravery and courage of 40 great Americans as it preserved the final moments of that pitched battle for survival, thousands <clears throat> of the farms in Pennsylvania, for all the world to hear. <sighs> One can only wonder what was going through the minds of the doomed passengers as Flight 93 hurtled earthward. Did they think of their families? Did they wonder how many other aircraft and passengers were about to meet a similar fate? Perhaps, knowing what had happened in New York, were they wondering if the nation was under full-scale attack that day? We'll never know for certain, but this much is clear. Due to their actions on that Tuesday morning, 10 Septembers ago, they gave the nation, as Abraham Lincoln stated in the Gettysburg Address 138 years earlier, the last full measure of devotion to the fight against terror and jihad. And, just as important, they also proved the validity of the biblical adage, greater love hath no man than that he lay down his life for his friends. Ten years have passed since the moment was driven home that we had no uncertain terms that we are indeed at war, a war that continues to this very day. Most of us remember all too vividly those shocking images from New York, Washington, and Stoystown. Unfortunately, many have forgotten, far too many in fact. If the 40 brave souls who sacrificed so much that day in the skies over southwestern Pennsylvania, as well as the 2,943 others who perished at the World Trade Center and the Pentagon are to be honored at all, we must never forget them. We must carry on the fight to preserve not only our freedoms as Americans, but those of our descendants as well. We cannot, given the terror attacks that have taken place on or over our homeland in recent years, rest for a single moment. As President Bush observed, there exists a group of men who have the potential to carry out such attacks on a scale equal to their hatred. 
We cannot allow this to happen. We must not allow it to happen. Western civilization depends on it. If we truly value the sacrifices made by the heroes of Flight 93, we owe it to them to carry on the fight to our enemies and rid the world of the deadly and hateful twin ideologies of fundamentalist Islam and Sharia law. History has shown disastrous results, the folly of failing to identify the enemy. It also illustrates quite clearly what happens when one fails to deal with one's enemy. We cannot afford to treat this enemy as if he just knocked over a bank or a liquor store and accord him all kinds of constitutional rights in American courts. For terrorism is not a criminal enterprise. It is a form of warfare that respects neither borders nor nation states, and it must be treated as such. It's high time we stopped fooling ourselves and got on with the deadly serious work of ridding the world of the jihadist menace once and for all. That's the best way we can honor the heroes of 9-11. Amen. Very good. Very good, Bruce. Thank you. Thank and you. it's still very appropriate. Well, thanks to the Taliban employee of the month, mm-hmm. Joe Biden, most people don't know this, but in Afghanistan, they've been playing over and over again the uh, 20-year uh, anniversary attack Right. Uh, of the World Trade Center and the other two sites in, in, in the United States over and over again. And they've been wildly celebrating mm-hmm. um, that situation. So this is what uh, the results is happening as a result of the actions of, again, the Taliban employee of the month, yeah. Joe, Biden. Joe Biden. I don't call him president. I just call him Joe. Yeah. Um, but we must consider that um, what, what, is, what, what this represents, my friends, this attack and the continued, um, I don't know, blockheaded approach of our government or the government, it's no longer our government, the government, when it comes to these situations. The United States of America today is more vulnerable to a similar attack than we were before the original 9-11. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. No thanks to the actions and inactions. It's a a multitude of events Mm -hmm. perpetrated against this country by Joe Biden and his friends in government and some out of outside of government, by the way, George Soros uh, and others. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't think that I'm telling you the truth when when I say that we're more vulnerable today than we were 20 years ago, um, I pray that. it, 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 the, the physical evidence does not bear out. I pray that it does not happen, but we are very vulnerable and we have no one to blame, but our government, I'm sorry, the government, and in some cases, even ourselves for making such a choice. Yeah. Well, you know, Ron, uh, it's uh, what you're saying is, is just so, so true. And, and, and to see that the type of leadership that we have today, um, we could not, we couldn't have beaten, even beaten the uh, the uh, the meager uh, Cuban force on Grenada, or you know, or or what's his name, the uh, the, the guy who ran Panama, Noriega. We couldn't have beaten oh, yeah. him with the type great, of leadership great we had. Face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's it's crazy, you know. And and when I think back to where to where I was, and you've told me where you were, and, and uh, Derek, uh, what do you do? You remember where you were, where you were, and what you were doing uh, that day? Yeah, I happened to be up in East Lansing when I had heard about it. That that's where yeah. I was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what 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 was uh what was your first uh, your first in- inclination? Your first uh, uh, thought that went through your mind? I was in deep shock. I 
I can't yeah. believe that it, this a, an attack like this could happen on our soil, and it it was just I was yeah. very angry, and yeah. thankfully I didn't have to be able to experience something like this because I had actually flew on a plane a, a year earlier on a trip out to Kansas, so. Right. In a way, I was. I'm thankful that I didn't have to be able to witness something like that up close. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, it's uh, 9:15 in the morning on September 11th, 2021. Uh, this is the Abolitionist Roundtable in Michigan with your host Bruce Fleury, Ryan Edwards, and our, and our intrepid, esteemed uh, call screener and, and producer Derek Stone, inviting you to to call in and and, and give us our your your impressions, your your uh, your thoughts here, your reminiscences. Where were you, Bruce? September 11th. Yes, yes, Ron. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to jump in and just uh, you know, when thinking back 20 years ago. Uh-huh. That morning, I that day I took off of work. I was working at SBC, mm-hmm. and I took off work that day, and uh, had, had a situation with my son Ronnie and uh, the daycare and all of that. But got got back home, and turned on the, the telly, and I'm looking at Good Morning America, mm-hmm. and. You know, everyone, you know, they're saying it's a beautiful day. It was, I, I never will forget how beautiful that day was. Sure. And you saw they had the Manhattan skyline in behind them. And, you know, it was just a, a real pleasant day. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're looking at the screen and you think, oh, you see an object flying. Because remember, they didn't know it was happening the first, before the, when the first jet happened. They didn't know what was going yeah. on. They hadn't gotten wind of it yet. This was behind them. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're looking at this object flying toward the uh, the World Trade Center, and you think, okay, maybe the uh, maybe you are, are not seeing straight or something like that. And then you see flames, you start seeing smoke and everything, and then they start reporting what is ha- what's happening. And then you see the second one. Yeah. And the first thing that came to my mind was that our supernatural gates of protection have been taken down. We had a special relationship, in my opinion, with God, and we had protections over this nation. But when you kick God out of this country, when you kick um, also common sense principles out, right? those two things, you are going to lay, and, you, and you're supposed to be at the same time representing what is good in the world. Mm-hmm. But you lay, lay yourself vulnerable for giving up and casting out your source of what makes you good and what your source of what makes you great, you lay yourself wide open mm-hmm. for whatever the enemy decides to do. Yeah. And we continue to, to stubbornly turn our backs against what made this country great. God, our Bill of Rights, our Constitution, mm-hmm. proper teaching. And so we have a nation that we just continue to lay ourselves open. And we yeah. have to wake up, my friends, yeah. and get about the business of caring about this nation. I can't tell you, Bruce, how many times fellow yeah. Christians have told me in gatherings, oh, Ron, we don't have to be concerned about this country. We don't have to care because we're, a, you know, the, the, the flyaway doctrine. We're going to be yeah. raptured away or whatever. They yeah. pridefully say that, but yet in, the word of God plainly states that we are to be stewards of the land, that yeah. we are to take care of this country. God didn't tell us to say, right. just walk around like we're just stupid and not care. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and this is the result of not caring about our own nation. Mm-hmm. We 
bring this upon ourselves. I and know. you were talking a minute ago about the, the battles that we lost, like in Cuba uh, and elsewhere. Well, this, that's by design, too. We should have gone into Afghanistan and wiped those suckers out. They're like roaches. You yep. cannot ever expect to live in a world of camaraderie with those kinds of people. No, no, you, you have, Thomas Jefferson taught us that. You saw what they did when they were when they were threatening the United States of America then, the Muslims. Mm -hmm. And what did he do? He, they put a whipping on them on their behinds to the effect that there was no problem from is from Islam for a hundred years. Yeah, I know. That's the only thing they understand. Mm -hmm. We right, have uh, to be yeah. we have to be the raid, just like raid is to roaches. We have to be that same thing to to, to the Islamist. There is no other way. That's right. Well, Ron, uh, we do have a uh, a caller on the line. There's Joe from Wyandotte. Uh, where were you uh, on September 11th? Uh, what were you doing, and what were you thinking? Hey, Joe. Morning, Joe. Well, as you guys know, I think. Well, you do, Bruce. I'm no friend of. My health has been bad, and in uh, the 2000s, the early 2000s, it was starting its decline. So in 2001, I was actually in bed when the first tower was struck. I was home sick, sleeping in, and got up in time uh, to turn on the TV and see the second tower struck. So it's like, uh, you know, just... It, Un unbelievable it you know it's indescribable i i am of the type of person that i look at people with tattoos usually and, and you know that's a personal choice uh do what you want but i i don't get people who you know will walk into a tattoo parlor and this you know this is kind of off the wall but you know they'll just go in they'll open up a book point ah oh, just slap that on my body but I do have a 9-11 tribute tattoo, but I, you know, I was well into my thirties when I got that because I, you know, something that really means something to you or touched you. And that was out Pearl Harbor. So I have a tattoo remembrance of that, but you know, so again, that's kind of an off the wall thing. But what I, what I did call to say is you kind of alluded to this, the Democrats are in solidarity with the terrorists most of the time because they hate this country. They're oh, yeah. more interested in sending hardware to burn to death Branch Davidians like they did at Waco than they are actually fighting and destroying our nation's enemies. And that may be right. a bit harsh, but I'm sorry. That's kind of reality. Look at the Democrats' history. They're more interested in destroying America and Americans than our nation's enemies. And you're right. Uh, most people don't know and understand the Marine Hymn from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. People need to read Kilmeade's book, uh, The Tripoli Pirates, and gain an understanding well, yeah, there's there's another book out there too. It's called uh, I'm trying to remember the title of it, but it was uh, America's really first war on terror, which had to deal with uh, Jefferson, like Ron, like Ron was pointing out earlier. Uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson read the Koran, 
uh, you know, because at the time, you know, they were taking all these uh, these hostages, American hostages, and uh, we sent our ministers to uh, the, the, the the potentate or caliphate or whatever, whatever it was back then in Tripoli and asking him, why are you doing this? And says, because our, our our holy book, our Quran tells us we it's okay to do it. Uh, yep. You know, and then he, and so, so uh, Jefferson said, well, wait a second, what's this book about, this Quran? And he opens it up, he reads it, and the next thing you know, he's dispatching a, a, a detachment of Marines to Tripoli to to, uh, to put a stop to this stuff. This is the kind of leadership we need to have, and we need we need to have more more patents and less patent leather, like uh, Michael Savage used to say. We need to have more uh, leadership on all levels, uh, federal, state, and local, that have the backbone, the guts, and the cojones to confront this stuff to head on, identify it, and then go root it out and destroy it. Uh, You're Joe, absolutely thanks a lot for right. calling. We certainly appreciate that. People uh, understand uh, and, and, is yeah. strength and power hey, Bruce? and pounding yeah. them into the uh, Better leadership comes from better uh, teachership. We have to start teaching leadership. We have to start teaching what it means to protect this nation, to, to appreciate this nation, to desire to want to defend her from enemies, both foreign and domestic. We cannot well, continue to teach people that this is a bad place like we do, like is done in all government schools across this country. Yeah, well, don't, well, don't forget, Ron. Don't forget, yeah. Ron. Uh, one of the, the esteemed representatives from the state of Minnesota said today some people did something 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is this is what I'm talking about. She's an enemy of this country and she's allowed to to to, to, to be in our Congress. That yeah, is crazy. I know. I know. And, and for every, we, we took her in, we we educated her, we fed her. You know, she learned the language. Uh, somehow, she wound up getting getting elected to uh, to office. So, but it's the uh, population. For the break, though, Ron, we've got yeah. Elizabeth uh, on the line from Troy. Elizabeth, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, what's on your mind? What are your thoughts today? Hello, Elizabeth. Good good morning, gentlemen. Um, I attend a church that knows the truth about Islam versus Christianity. Bloomfield Hills Baptist Church had a two-day seminar exposing Islam as it truly is, and sadly, so many Christians don't understand what's going on. When I hear Christians say, we honor the same God, no, we don't, and Ugh. we don't have the same love for our country. I love our country, and I know that Islam is against it. If you really understand Islam, you know that it's not. Pastor McKay was banished, actually, by the elders even at our church because they don't understand the severity of what Islam is trying to do to us. And obviously on that day it was clear. So... I, I honor you for doing what you're doing, and all Christians need to understand what's going on in our country. Well, you know, that's great. And as speaking of your elders, have you have you uh, approached them and said uh, that uh, what, are you are you going to wait until you're in a in an orange jumpsuit, kneeling in front of a uh, with your back turned to a uh, to a uh, Taliban or Al Qaeda? Executioner. Yeah, maybe, maybe you should. Uh, maybe you should yep. uh, kind of, kind of put it in, in those terms. Maybe they can understand that. Yeah, now, and Elizabeth this, this, this also. They yeah. also. Maybe you should teach them about the scripture that says we should occupy until he comes. 
occupy is, 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 has many meanings, meaning to take care of your, your nation also. It, it's in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. In order for us to occupy, that means we uh, run the nation. We are in control. We the people. Yeah. That's right. My, my, That's my right. They work for us. They work for us. They better start doing their jobs. Yep. Right. I want to thank you so much for uh, calling in today and lending your input to the program. But we're approaching the bottom of the hour, which means a hard break. And uh, we'll take this opportunity to remind everyone that uh, our, our this is September is our fundraising month. So please uh, get those uh, donations into P.O. Box 135, Garden City, Michigan, 48135. And uh, we'll be back with you uh uh, at, the, at the bottom of the hour, at the uh, bottom of the hour break. Take care. We'll talk to you, talk to you later. You're listening to the Abolitionists Roundtable with your hosts, Phil Stargell and Bruce Fleury. They're exposing the left's underground resistance while leading the charge in the fight for liberty. Join the conversation at 734-822-1600. And we are back. Bruce Flurry, Ron Edwards, and Eric Stone taking you right up to the top of the hour. As we continue on with our uh, remembering uh, 9-11, 20 years later, and observance. Um, and uh, I know we uh, opened the broadcast with the uh, about commentary on the, uh, the heroes of Flight 93, United Flight 93. Um, there was a really, really great film called United 93, uh, which came out a few years back, and it really put the the the, the audience in the cabin uh, during those, uh, during that uh, that time when the uh, when it became obvious from to the to these passengers that the uh, the plane was doomed and they decided they were going to fight back, and mm -hmm. uh, Todd Beamer was heard saying, "Let's roll." Uh, that was so inspiring. Yes. Uh, when I heard that, um, but it not only dealt with the events on the plane, but actually what led up to the event to the events on the plane, how these guys even got on board, uh, which was a, a, a terrible failing of our of our uh, of our airline security, uh, airport security. And of course, it's now all hindsight, right? You're looking back, what could we have done? But one of the uh, one of the people who was uh, met who was uh, uh, at the at the gate that day uh, doing mm -hmm. security. Uh, he said that he he noticed something wasn't quite right with one of the guys who turned out to be one of the hijackers, mm -hmm. and I cannot imagine having that, that you know hindsight. You know, what if I'd done this differently? How would things have turned out? Would these people still be alive today? And that type of thing. That's got to be a terrible burden to to, to bear, um, Ron. And uh, yeah. I, that, that that was just something I remembered from from looking back on the film. See Before another thing. Yeah. Uh, another problem we have today is this political correctness is that if you did have a problem with someone and you want to stop them or do whatever, um, you will be taken to court uh, on behalf uh, of uh, you'll be called a bigot or, or, or whatever right. or worse. Or worse. Yeah. So we're, we're hurting ourselves with these these PC uh, restrictions. And uh, at the same time, Americans are the ones being restricted by our government. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy, Bruce. It, right. it just we need to get to the it, callers, it, Walter, and I think Ed from Yipesalante. And and speaking of Ed, he's on the line right now. We're about Ed. No, uh, Walter, 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 it's, Walter. It's Walter. Walter. Okay. Well, Walter's on the line. Okay, I don't know why yes. I saw that. Walter, good morning. Good morning, guys. Can I coming through clear? You are coming through clear. The bell. 
Yep. Okay, I'm, I'm surprised the Democrat not trying to mess with my phone. But uh, <laughs> they don't like us talking like this. And let me right. start out with this. Where, first of all, I was at a transportation uh, transportation for Ipsy Ann Arbor schools mm-hmm. in the lounge. And one of the guys, a black Democrat, came out running. Walter, 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 come here. Hey, look what's on TV, man. And they didn't believe it was real. To them, it was just one more, another movie, you know, uh-huh. until the reality yeah. set in. And at right. that time, I was horrified, scared, and everything else. But at that time, I had never paid attention to Muslims. They were not on my yeah. radar until that day. Mm-hmm. But to cut to the chase, this is what I want to point out about those those trip those six figure paid liars on our national and local news channels seven four uh-huh. two sixty two fifty. Now all of a sudden they're trying to talk sentiment sentimental and talk and interview people about their experience. Right. Why could, you ain't got no right to talk about it or interview it when you don't point out radical Islamic terrorists? They now, that's a cuss word to Democrats, right, guys? That they, right. they, they when you say terrorism, you don't point out the real root cause. You don't. You were never rooted out. Radical yeah. Islamic terrorism. And Donald Trump did that on Inauguration Day and had uh, Barack Obama sitting behind him, Hillary and her husband sitting behind him, uh, squilling and pilling in their seats. I and saw that. Democrats I remember that. Don't mention <laughs> that. But, but look, this is what I pointed out. In the spiritual realm, there was a fake repentance of people running to churches, filling churches up. Also, it was fake repentance. When Democrats and Republicans were singing, God bless America. Remember that one? Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They were unified, holding hands. And at the same time, I had been studying those dirty Democrats. Mm-hmm. And it was on one issue. I said, if you promote killing babies, you ain't no good about nothing else, no matter how seen, how much you sing. Your abominable prayers that God doesn't hear. Yeah. He doesn't hear. Yeah. The Bible says the prayer of the wicked is abomination to him. And they were unified singing the gospel of Rodney King. Can, can, can we all just get along? I seen yeah. right through those dirty Democrats. I, I seen I right through them, them, them. I've seen right through them baby killing Democrats. And I knew as time as time went by, things cool off. Those Democrats and Republicans go go right back to hating each other, right back to being divided because Republicans, Ron and and, and uh, Bruce, they never learn yeah. a lesson. They are stuck on the tenth floor of stupidity. You can never unify with a dirty Democrat. You would never, never be doing and work together and all that crap. And that song mm-hmm. was an abomination to God from coming from Democrats across America. And, and this is what we forgot, too. Right up under our noses in Dearborn, that's right, you guys, we, that's the nickname for Dearborn, right? Do we remember? Let's take a trip down memory lane. How soon do we forget? The Guslums. The women with the Ninja Turtle outfits on and their men with their martial art outfits on. That's right, I said, <laughs> look like martial <laughs> art outfits. <laughs> they were dancing and celebrating on the streets of Dearborn to stand. Yeah, yes. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Huh? Well, Walt, Walter, uh, I wish we had more time. Uh, we're trying to keep the uh, keep the keep the call board flowing here, but I want to thank you so much for calling in and uh, thanks, Walter, share, sharing that with us. Uh, Walter, you are you are a one one great American, and uh, we 
we love you. We really do. We love you guys uh, who call us in, uh, call in and support us every week with your input and that type of thing. And I want to thank you so much for uh, for your uh, you know for your 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 memories and uh, recollections. Remember, so hey, let, we'll talk to you next week. So you take care of yourself. God bless. Have a great week. Take care. Take care, Walter. Okay, we got Ed on the line here. Ed, uh, come on in. Come in, Ed. You're out there in the, in the ether. <laughs> Good morning, my brothers. Hey, hey guys. I'm kind of hesitant to tell this story, but this is a true story. Yeah. On 9-11, I was in a meeting. It was a regular staff meeting. I was in charge of maintenance in a factory mm -hmm. here in Ypsilanti. And mm -hmm. um, we were talking about some of the occurrences that had happened the night before regarding production. And a production worker comes in. And while we had been discussing something that happened on a particular machine the night before and what the ramifications were, and the production team leader comes in and says, my goodness, an airplane just hit the World Trade Center. And she walked out. And we were talking, and I mentioned that a bomber had hit the uh, Empire State Building during World War yeah. II, and a small plane had hit in a high-rise in Florida a few years before. I said, you know, these things happen. And so we kept talking about what was going on. We didn't think it was any big deal. And we kept talking That's about plant concerns. Yeah. And uh, so somebody asked me, he says, well, what do you think is going to happen with Machine 15? Is this going to happen again? And I said, well, the chances of that happening again are like as if a second airplane would hit the World Trade Center. And right then that same team leader came back in and said, another plane has hit the World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. We still didn't know the severity of it. You know, right. And we didn't for yeah. an hour or so. A lot of people, you know, they were on their jobs. They, um, you know, it was total shock to some people to come home and hear it on the news. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I was I was uh, pretty much in the same boat as you were, Ed. I was working at Ford Motor Company. I was on a break. And uh, we went on a break at 9 o'clock in the morning, which was a few minutes after the first plane hit. But as I was getting my coffee at the uh, over the uh, uh, little coffee station over there with skilled trays were, and I was watching the we had a crowd draped around the TV set, right? And I saw, and I just saw this second plane hit, and I go, you know, what the, you know, it's like you, you know, it's are we under attack or what? And uh, then we find out what happened in Washington with the Pentagon, and what happened in Shen in uh, Stoystown with the with the, with Flight ninety three, and I go, we better declare war on somebody, <laughs> you know? Oh, you man, know, oh man, I, this is crazy. I, I know this guy, Bill Fetter, is this historian, and he's got yeah. a, a web page called uh, AmericanMinute.com, and uh, right. he's written a number of books. Oh, you know Bill Fetter. I'm sorry. So anyways, uh, he wrote today about 9-11 in history, and it's, it's a significant event in sure Islamic is. warfare history, in different battles, mm -hmm. the battles of, uh, oh my goodness, what's it, Austria, uh, the siege of Austria, uh, different other right. uh, Malta. Yeah. It's a significant yeah. date in their calendar for for Islamic warfare. It sure is, and you know, and you right. know, the thing about that is they every every inch of territory that they've conquered and been kicked out of, they still consider it theirs. You know, that's right. why Spain. I, I, yep. I understand that they even consider where 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 uh, where they put the mosque up, Ron, is and they put that over the, as a, as a sign of domination and and, yeah. and victory, and they're rubbing it in your face. Absolutely, and speaking of rubbing it in our faces. Thanks, Ed. Go, see ya. See ya, Ed. Uh, Bruce, speaking of rubbing it in our faces, if you go to Dearbornistan uh -huh. on Warren Avenue, and yeah. I've got the picture in my phone 
uh, you'll see these um, Islamic flags. And then I have a picture of where they're flying the uh, Islamic flag of victory, which is a man on a horse wielding uh -huh. a sword, which means yeah. that they have conquered the land. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and and I, I I would drive through there every day, you know, on my way to work. You know, yeah. before for motor company, the Rear Bruce Complex is located in Dearborn, and yeah. uh, it's it, it's it's it, it really is, um, and it looks like uh, from the way Derek is uh, frantically typing in on the, on the computer that our our guest uh, uh, Judge Michael Warren from Oakland County Circuit Court is with us today, and he wants to share his thoughts on uh, September 11th as well as uh, fill us in on Patriots uh, Patriot Week or. Our kind well, of good morning, Judge. Good, good morning, good morning uh, Your Honor. How are you today? Uh, I'm just great. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Well, I, uh, the first thing I'll say is for those people that are interested in Patriot Week, at the end of our conversation, go to patriotweek.org, and all the information is there. So that's patriotweek.org. Uh, obviously, right. today is the uh, 20th anniversary of 9-11, that terrible catastrophe that happened in America. And um, my flashbulb moment is, I think, no different than most of the rest of the country. So I, I don't want to talk about that. I really want to talk about what I think has kind of been forgotten over the years. And that is that why we were attacked. Um, there are Islamic fundamentalists whose worldview is that uh, they want to take over the world and impose a particular brand of extremists uh, Islam upon uh, the entire world, and uh, it's a particular uh, viewpoint that is at odds with uh, many of the other Muslims in the world because it's you know their their your their view or you you are the enemy as well, very much like we're seeing with the Taliban and um, the Islamic State. Uh, Al Qaeda is a you know one of those extremist branches, and um, Bin Laden, who is the leader of that. Uh, specifically said that it was the duty of all Muslims to kill Americans uh, indiscriminately. Could be children, could be adults, old men, old women, whatever. It didn't matter that right. uh, a, a true Muslim had a responsibility to kill as many Americans as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I raise that because hopefully we have some younger listeners on uh, that maybe weren't, um, uh, you know, maybe they're 20 or 25 and really didn't uh, understand what was going on at the time. And it seems like that part, we talk a lot about the heroes. And God bless those heroes on United 93 and the first responders. And they certainly should be given a tribute and commemorated, never forgotten, live in our hearts forever. Uh, right. But uh, we've also seemed to have forgotten that there are people that really do want to destroy us. And they want to destroy us because... Uh, we believe in the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution, uh, our founding well, first principles. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, uh, yeah, uh, that's a very interesting point there, uh, Your Honor, because uh, I don't know if you've uh, said the National Archives, as uh, one of their spokespeople said that the, uh, that the uh, Declaration and the Constitution uh, are contain dangerous content or something like that. I, I, th this, Judge, Judge Warren, this is, this is, this is crazy. This is 
this is worse than the enemy without trying to destroy you. This is the enemy within that is trying to destroy you. It's wormed its way into the schools, into sports, into uh, every facet of American life. And and this is this is scary. And scary is, is is not the word to describe it, but it, it's worse than that. I mean, this is are 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 we are, are we insane as a society? This is this is unbelievable. I don't understand uh, this at all. So I, I I will use this. Uh, first, I want to give a little bit of background and then give you my analogy. So, yeah, several years ago, I wrote a book called America's Survival Guide, How right. to Stop America's yeah. Impending Suicide by Reclaiming Our Founding First Principles in History. So right. let me say that part, that last part again, how to stop America's impending suicide by reclaiming our first principles in history. And you can get that on Amazon.com or you know wherever. Right. And the right. reason, when I wrote it, it was because I was really frightened by the fact that our schools were failing to teach our, um, our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution and, and giving a good perspective on Amer- a, a, a balanced perspective on American history. And there were many studies that revealed how ignorant our uh, students and general public were. And right. I knew that there were communists and fascists and people that, and Islamic terrorists that wanted to undermine America as well, so I was very concerned about that. Yeah. But that, that foreshadowing has really been, you know, I guess I would say my prophecy is starting to become really true because now we have so many people that not, they're not ignorant, they just hate, despise, um, find that we're irredeemable, that we, we cannot, uh, that we're not worthy of uh, emulation and, and joy and, and celebration of our, of our founding documents. And in fact, they, you know, they want to, like you said, the archives have a trigger warning because it might get some people upset because, you know, there's yeah. some, some language in the Constitution. It, it, it is insane. And, yeah, it, it is. And, 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 I, and I tell you, I, I, I wish we had more time to, to discuss this, but I'd love to have you come back uh, on, a, on a future broadcast and we can explore this a lot further. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? Want to have uh, Judge Warren back in the near future? Let's do it. Let's, let's okay, make great. a date. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you very much. we got to go to the Edwards Notebook, uh, Your Honor, but thank you so much for taking time out of your busy Saturday. Uh, stay out there enjoy the enjoy the weather. It's going to turn nice and balmy over the weekend. Well, so got, you take I care. And, uh, God bless. Thanks a lot. God bless Sorry. you and your family. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. All right, take care. God bless you. Bye-bye. <clears throat> okay, here's the Edwards Notebook. Despite the ongoing horrendous threats to the very existence of our exceptional nation, I am encouraged by the increasingly bright ray of hope. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the federal government, particularly the executive branch, has numerous times shown its disdain toward Americans, both here and abroad. Whether opening the southern border in order to endanger us or denying safe passage for U.S. citizens and Afghan Christians, obstructing our freedom of choice regarding the issue of taking a shot or not, and a host of other major and minor issues pushing our republic to the brink of utterly falling into the ash heap of history. Democrats in Congress recently broke our hearts by not allowing the names of 13 American heroes to be read by the congressional record. But through it all, the dark clouds of doom formed against us. I see millions of sovereign citizens now refusing to participate or allow the leftists to destroy our nation from within. 
They are saying no to tyranny and yes to liberty. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. And we are back. Bruce Flurry, Ron Edwards, and uh, Derek Stone taking you up to the uh, top of the hour here. Uh, we're drawing, uh, drawing to a close now. Uh, it's been a, a, a very good broadcast, very good uh, morning uh, uh, to, uh, to, to rem- the right morning to, to, to remember what, uh, what took place, uh, where we were, what we were doing. Uh, what uh, what was going through our minds and that type of thing and and uh, uh, it's it, it's just amazing that the reaction by so many great first responders um, and just strangers people who worked at the World Trade Center didn't know each other but gave that last full measure of devotion and they risked their own lives to get other people out and when you see Look back at the, at the images of those people uh, just jumping from the 101st, 110th floor just to get away from it. They knew they were gonna they were gonna lose their lives, and and I I I'm, I don't know how I what I could have. I mean, it's just I'm having trouble processing that how uh, how I would react in a situation like that. Uh, what do you think, Ron? I'm I'm in agreement with you, um, but uh, through it all, Bruce. Um, yeah. I, I, I have my heart breaks for what happened and why yeah. it happened. Yeah. It, I still think to this day that this is a situation that not, that did not have to have happen. No. Um, and um, but I think we the people are coalescing together and we are going to turn this nation around uh, despite everything. And, and I really believe that if I didn't believe it, I mean, I would feel that I'm wasting my time. Yeah. Um, but I think by God's grace, we're going to we're going to wake up and we're going to turn this nation around and they the enemies of our republic will not have their way. Yeah. Um, we, we, we have no choice but to, to win this fight. We have no choice. Well, it's a it, it's a uh, this is not just a two front war. It's a for a war on multiple fronts, as I, uh, yep. as I mentioned with with uh, Judge Warren. And a lot of times the enemy within is a lot worse. The enemy from without because much worse. Yeah. And, and uh, you know they're 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 trying to devise. I remember when they we were all de- we were all united for what forty eight hours or something like that. We were all one yeah. nation together yes. before the Pelosi's and the Kennedys and the, the the Hoyers and all these people started you know started uh, you know spreading all this garbage, all this uh, this 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 uh, dissent and, and uh, seeds of doubt about uh, about the very nature of our country. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of that's then. You can probably trace it back to where to where that really started to to fall apart it was back then. But you, you know, know what, Bruce? Yeah, that could quick. not that could not happen. That they could not succeed if we had a much better uh, school system. If, if right. the truth if it is taught, yeah. the lies cannot overcome and well, persuade that's why people this, to help destroy this own their own nation. Well, that's we why must we have to teach yeah. the truth. Well, that's why we have to fight back against uh, things like uh, CRT, uh, 1619 yep. Project, uh, Antifa, yep. Black Lives Matter, and all this stuff. I mean, because people, people are all they have to do is get on their computer and access a lot of this stuff. And what what they see is if if they've got if they've got any kind of uh, conscience or soul, uh, what they see is going to sicken them, and and uh, they're going to decide this isn't going to happen, not on my watch. Well, anyway, uh, folks, yeah. 
Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Roy, real quick. Real, real quick, and I'm yeah. going to say this every time I get a chance. We, by the millions, must take to the streets peacefully in large, massive numbers and let our let the government know that we're not going to take this. Right. We we have to let them know and we have to show them that we're very serious on a united front that we're not going to take it. You say no and you don't participate in their madness. Don't take the jab. Do not go follow their 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 rules of drudgery. We, we cannot participate and it will die uh, in, in its own uh, in its own waste. Right. Don't participate, my friends. Right. Say no to tyranny. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. As always, I want to thank Ron Edwards for uh, being in the broadcast with us, as well as uh, Derek Stone, our, our, uh, who handles the control board so admirably. Most of all, I want to thank all of you folks who have given so gracious with your participation and financial support, which have kept us on the air. Thank you for listening, calling, and lending your input, because without you, we're truly nothing. So please bear in mind that we are a listener-supported broadcast. Continue to spread the word about the Abolitionist Roundtable Initiative broadcast. Send your donations to Art of Michigan, P.O. Box 135, Garden City, Michigan, 48135. Take care, my friends. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. God bless. The Abolitionist Roundtable invites the Wham Talk 1600 listeners to continue the roundtable discussions by mailing correspondence to Art of Michigan. Post Office Box 135, Garden City, Michigan, 48135.